Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we will continue in the book of Romans. And we'll be in chapter 5. And the title for this at the top, it says, Peace and Hope. And I'll be reading out of the NIV, the New International Version, just to make it simple to understand. But, um, but the NIV, the King James Version, the New King James Version, the NIV... Um, the uh, uh, the the new um, it's called the Living Bible or the New Living Bible. It, yeah, it, it's a, are they those and then there's another one. I think it's C a Christian something Bible, but these have been directly translated. Uh, from the original Greek, uh, from the original Hebrew Old Testament and and, and uh, uh, Greek and Lower Aramaic in the New Testament, so that's why I, I use them. And you know, they're uh, like those are except for the King James version. The rest are like modern version. Also, the ESV is good too. The, the, uh, the English Standard Version is very good. So, before we get started, I'd like to tell you what the what the Bible is, why we can depend on the Bible. And I got this from Dr. Vodi Bakum, which you can find, you can just put Vodi Bakum on YouTube um, in the search engine and it will pull up all of his wonderful teachings and sermons and everything. And uh, also, if you want to follow him, you can just put in your search engine of uh, Vodi Bakum Ministries and it'll pop up and you can, um, uh, you can subscribe to it and you get uh, like regular emails every now and again of what he's doing in his ministry. Which is great. Okay, so let's begin. Uh, the Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. 40 authors, 66 volumes of books, a span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic. Hundreds of subjects and topics, and that's why we can depend on the Bible. Which was... God who inspired men to write his words down. And that's basically what it is. Alrighty. So, let's begin reading in Romans chapter 5. Starting at verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, verse 3, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, verse 4, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Verse 5, and hope does not Put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us, who has been given to us. Verse 6 You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7 Verily, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare die to die. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Verse 10, for if while we were God's enemies, we were recounseled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been recounseled shall we be saved through his life? Verse 11, not only this, So, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So let's go back to verse 9. Uh, it says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved through God's wrath for him? For, for if while we were God's enemies, we were counseled to him through the death of his son. So before we come to God, we're his enemies. You know, so all this that when people say, oh, God's love, 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 love. Yes, God is love, but he's also righteous and holy. They always like to leave that out. So before you come, come to God, then he considers you an enemy. But he loves people, and he did a loving thing by, by having his son uh, be the one-time sacrifice. So and remember that you have the Trinity. So it's um, it's kind of like the Son. The whole Son itself would be considered like a representation of God. The light would be Christ because you because He was seen, and the heat would be like the Holy Spirit where you could feel. It, it's one God, but still th three persons in one God, which you can find in John chapter one. Uh, talks about all that chapter one through two. So, so remember, if Christ hadn't come and then and then uh, gave himself to be the one-time sacrifice, so that now we can come by faith because we can't earn it, we can't work for it. We're born into uh, we're born into sin. We're born into death, as you can read in Psalm fifty-one. Where uh, David's talking about his his sin, and um, and he said that in that uh, chapter he goes that he was uh, he was con conceived in sin by his mother, you know, by having a childbirth because because from the time of Adam and Eve when they disobeyed God, that's when um, everything was corrupted, and then from this that point till now, you know, everything dies and whatever. And it's, it's corrupt, and if you notice things rust, fall apart, or whatever, and you got to constantly fix it, work on it, or, or whatever the case may be, um, because we live in a fallen world, we live in a, a, a creation that has been tainted by our sin. But God made a provision, you know. And a lot of people say, "Well, why do all that if you're God? Well, you can make it all right because God does what God wants to do. He's sovereign. He knows better than we do. Like you know, we want quick fixes." God knows what we need, and God's got a certain way of doing things in his plan of correcting things, but God does his way. And also the Bible says that in heaven there's no time with God. So so one day is us a thousand years, you know. But we live in time, so we're, because of this corruption, we live in a, a fallen world, which means, you know, we're, we're hindered by time and space and everything else, but God is not. Nor heaven is not. Okay, let's continue at verse 12 
of Romans chapter 5, and the title in this section is Death Through Adam, Life Through Christ. Verse 12, Therefore, just the sin entered the world through one man, the death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Verse 13, To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. For, verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is pattern of the one to come. Verse 15, But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many. Verse 16, Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Verse 17, For if by the trespass of the one man death reigns through the one man, how much more? Will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Verse 18. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Verse 19. For just as though the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be righteous. So he's talking about due to Adam sinning or, or disobeying God, he sinned. So therefore sin came upon all folks. But then through Christ, we cannot be made righteous. If we come by faith, that means coming as a realizing we, we broke in God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, that means lying, stealing, uh, looking under the person with lust, which means you committed adultery and all the rest of it. Um, that was only three, I think. And there's ten, uh, there's ten commandments. But because we've broken them, we were sinners. But through Christ, because of He was perfect in every way, there's a one time, one time sacrifice for all of us. So now we can come by faith, believing, and through Christ, He covers our sins. Uh, because he he committed the one-time sacrifice. So, verse 20, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Verse 21, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that is the end of that chapter in the Bible. Now remember, we're going to, like once I like now that we're finished now, I'm going to go and I'm going to read in Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible, which will give you a a, a more in, in a more in depth explanation of what we just read here to just make it a little bit more understandable. But of course, we can understand what the Bible says. But he just given his take, which is one of the which is one of the most in 
depth take of, of, of some of the theologians I've read. So we're now going to go over there. Okay. Okay, now I'm in the Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, which you can also find online. If you don't happen to have one, you can go to www.biblestudytools.com, go to Menu, go to Study Tools, go to Commentaries, down to Matthew Henry Commentary on the Bible, Complete, and Modern Language, and you can click on there and read. Also, there's an app, too, Matthew Henry app you can find, and another good good book to have is uh, on the New Testament church and everything that they went through and what the Jew, Jews went through there at the time. Flavius Josephus, or called the complete works of Josephus. He was a Roman Jewish historian and military leader, born AD 37 to 8100 after the death of Christ. Okay, so let's begin in uh, Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible on Romans chapter 5. Okay, let's get the framework first. Chapter 5, number 1, Paul shows the fruits of justification, verses 1 through 5. Number 2, he shows the fountain and fountain of justification, verses 6 through 21. The happy effects of justification through faith is the righteousness of Christ, verses 1 through 5. That we are recounseled by his blood, verses 6 through 11. The fall of Adam brought all mankind into sin and death, verses 12 through 14. The grace of God, through the righteousness of Christ, has more power to bring salvation than Adam's sin had to bring misery, verses 15 through 19. And as grace did... Superabound verses 20 to 21. Now let's begin the, the uh, commentary part, and that is Romans chapter 5, verse one th verses 1 through 5. A blessed change takes place in the sinner's state when he becomes a true believer, whatever he has been being uh, wherever he has been being justified by faith he has peace with god the holy righteous god cannot be at peace with a sinner while under the guilt of sin justification takes away the guilt and so makes way for peace this this is through our lord jesus christ through him as the great peacemaker the mediator between god and man the saint's happy state is a state of grace into this grace we are brought which teaches that we were not born in this state. We could not have got into it of ourselves, but we are led into it as pardoned offenders. Therein we stand a posture that denotes perseverance. We stand firm and safe, upheld by the power of the enemy. And those who have hope for the glory of God hereafter have enough to rejoice in now. Tribulation worketh patience, not in and of itself, but the powerful grace of God working in and with the tribulation. Patient suffering, sufferers have most of the divine consolations which abound as afflictions abound. It works needful experience of ourselves. This hope will not disappoint because it is sealed with the Holy Spirit as a spirit of love. It is the gracious work of the blessed spirit to shed abroad the love of God in the hearts of all saints. A right sense of God's love to us will make us not ashamed either our hope or of our sufferings for him. And uh, 
Romans chapter 5, verse 6, 6 through 11. Christ died for sinners, not only such as were useless, but such as were guilty and hateful, such that their everlasting destruction would be to the glory of God's justice. Christ died to save us, not in our sins, but from our sins. And we were yet sinners when he died for us. Nay, the carnal mind is not only an enemy to God, but enmity itself. Chapter 8, verse 7, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. But God designed to deliver from sin and to work a great change while the sinful state continues. God loathes the sinners and the sinner loathes God. Zechariah chapter 11, verse 8. And that for such as these Christ should die is a mystery. No other such an instance of love is known so that it may well be the employment of eternity and adore the wonder of Added again, what idea had the apostle when he supposed the case of someone dying for a righteous man? And yet, he only put it as a thing that might be. Was it not the undergoing this suffering that the person intended to be benefited might be released therefrom? But from what? are believers in Christ released by his death, not from bodily death, for that they all do and must, must, must endure the evil from which the deliverance could be affected only in this astonishing matter must be more dreadful than natural death. There is no evil to which the argument can be applied except that which the apostle actually affirms sin and wrath, the punishment of sin determined by the unerring justice of God. And if by divine grace they were thus brought to repent and to believe in Christ and thus were justified by the price of his bloodshedding and by faith in that atonement, much more through him who died for them and rose again would they be kept from falling under the power of sin and Satan, or departing finally from him. The living Lord of all will complete the purpose of his dying love by saving all true believers to the uttermost, having such a pledge of salvation in the love of God through Christ. The apostle declared that believers not only rejoiced in the hope of heaven and even in their tribulations for Christ's sake, but they gloried in God also as their unchangeable, friend and all sufficient portion through Christ only. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 to 14. The design of what followers is plain it is to exalt our views respecting the blessings Christ has procured for us by comparing them with the evil which the following upon the fall of our first father and by showing that these blessings not only extend to the removal of these evils, but far beyond. Because Adam sinned, his nature became guilty and corrupted. And so came to his children. Thus in him all have sinned, and death is by sin. For death is the wages of sin. Then entered all that misery which is the due desert of sin, temporal, spiritual, eternal death. If Adam had not sinned, he had not died. But a sentence of death was passed as upon a criminal. It passed through all men as an infectious disease that none escaped. In proof of our union with Adam and our part in his first transgression, observe that sin prevailed in the world for many ages before 
the giving of the law by Moses, and death reigned in the long, that long time, not only over adults who willfully sinned, but also over multitudes of infants, which shows that they had fallen in Adam under the condemnation, and that the sin of Adam extended to all his posterity. He was a figure or type of him that was to come as surety of a new covenant for all who are related to him. Romans chapter 5, verse 15 to 19. And again, uh, just to reiterate, we are uh, reading out of, we just got through with the Bible, so we're reading Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible and the section in which we have read. Okay, so I'm, I'm continuing in Romans chapter 5 or 15 and 19 in, in Matthew Henry's commentary. Through one man's offense, all mankind are exposed to eternal condemnation, but the grace and mercy of God and the free gift of the righteous, of righteousness and salvation are through Jesus Christ as man, yet the Lord from heaven has brought the multitude of believers into a more safe and exalted state than that from which they fell in Adam. These free gifts did not place them anew in a state of trial, but fixed them in a state of justification, as Adam would have been placed had he stood, notwithstanding the difference. differences. There is a striking similarity. As by the offense of one, sin and death prevailed to the condemnation of all men. So by the righteousness of one, grace prevailed to the justification of all related to Christ for faith. Through the grace of God, the gift of grace has abounded to many through Christ. Yet multitudes choose to remain under the dominion of sin and death rather than to apply for the blessings of the reign of grace. But Christ will in no wise cast out any who are willing to come to him. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 to 21, reading out of the Matthew Henry Concise Commentary. By, and we're almost done. By Christ and his righteousness, we have more and greater privileges than we lost by the offense of Adam, the moral law, showed that many thoughts, tempers, words, and actions were sinful. Thus, transgressions were multiplied. This was not making sin to abound the more, but exposing the sinfulness of it, just as letting a clearer light shine into a room exposes the dust and filth which were there before, but were not seen. The sin of Adam and the effect of corruption in us are the abounding of that offense which appeared with the entrance of the law and the terrors of the law made gospel comfort more sweet. Thus God, the Holy Spirit, has delivered to us a most important truth, full of consolation, suited to our need as sinners. Whatever one may have above another, or excuse me, whatever one may have above another, every man is a sinner against God stands condemned by the law and needs pardon. A righteousness that is to justify cannot be made up of a mixture of sin and holiness. There can be no title to an eternal reward without a pure and spotless righteousness. Let us look for it even to the righteousness of Christ. And that concludes that part. Okay, now I'm going to read you some scripture. Let me see what I can find here.
It was a parable of the tax collector. Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 14, the NIV. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down to everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, now this is Jesus speaking, I tell you that this man, talking about the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, NIV. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. First Corinthians chapter six verse nine, or do you not know this is the ESV, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Revelation chapter twenty one verse eight ESV English Standard Version. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. That's that's pretty rugged stuff right there. Okay. Let me read you some more. Let me read you some salvation scriptures. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, King James Version. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This is King James Version. For with the heart man believes unrighteousness, with the mouth confesses the salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Romans chapter 17, King James Version. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word of God. So, I hope you're saying amongst your, you're saying to yourself, well, if you're not a Christian, so how do I become a Christian, and why should I become a Christian? Well, let's take the good person test. Let's see where you would stand before God. We're going to use the Ten Commandments to do it. Have you ever lied? What do you call someone that lies? You call him a liar. Have you ever lied? We all have lied. You know, try not to hurt somebody's feelings. We'll say something's false, or just lie. Even as a child, no matter how long ago it was, or whatever. So we're all guilty because we've all lied some way, somehow. We have lied, you know. Unless someone is really self-righteous and think they're that great, we are not. We're all we all fall every day. You know, if we're, you got to be honest with yourself. Have you ever stolen anything? When he calls someone that steals a thief, have you ever borrowed something didn't bring it back? Have you ever took something paperclip, maybe a pen didn't bring it back to think nothing of it, because. We don't think much of our sins, and our standards are very, very low, and God's standards are extremely high, and that's why we fail all the time, because we think it's nothing, but it is to God. 
um, have you ever hated anyone? Like something they did to you or whatever. Well, according to Christ, if you um, if you hate somebody in your heart, you've already committed murder in your heart because the thought and the intent. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, if you've done that, which we all have, then we've committed adultery in our heart already. So that's what, four of the Ten Commandments? And you only have to break one to be guilty of all. That's why we need Christ. So if God was to judge you by these Ten Commandments, would you be guilty or innocent? We would be guilty. And if, and if, um, if he was to... And would it be heaven or hell? It would be hell. That's why we need Christ. That's why we're out here doing what we do. I don't do this for money or anything. I, I, I do this out of my concern for you. You know, for those who have not come. Because I know what the, the end result will be if you die in your sins. That means without repentance, without us going for forgiveness, realizing that we've all, we're all guilty and broken God's moral law. Therefore, we're all as filthy rags according to Christ. Let me give you some resources. Oh, but what I would do is I would ask God for forgiveness, repent of my sins, because you don't know when you're going to die. Did you know 100,000 people die every 24 hours around the world? And that one of those could be you. We don't know. It could be me, you know? So it pays to be ready. And so, so, so as you're hearing this, I hope you realize that, that you, you know, you can fall dead or die or something and crash or anything can happen. And this is your time to hear the, the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, which means we've all broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, therefore we're guilty, in need of a Savior. Come now, humbly, with hum, hum, humble, contrite heart, and ask God for forgiveness, what's called repentance, and turn from your sin. And then uh Put your trust in Christ alone, not in yourself. Kind of like if you're in a plane, it's about to crash. Someone gives you a parachute. Well, you'll put that trust in the parachute because it's going to save you the jump to come. Jesus saved you from judgment to come. That's why we need Christ. Let me give you some resources that will help you. Okay, this is all can be found on YouTube and their websites. Vodi Bakum, he, you know, he don't, I don't think he has his website yet, but you can uh, put Vodi Bakum Ministries in, in your search engine. It'll pop it up. Uh, and also, Dr. R.C. Sproul with Ligonier Ministries. Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, answersgenesis.org. Well Builders with David Barton, wellbuilders.com. He also has Well Builders uh, radio program every day. You can, you can listen to it online. They do have radio stations. Um, or go to the website. And uh, he teaches a lot of American Christian history and, and just a lot of Christian history in general. Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.org. If you would like to, um, if you would like to correspond with us, our email is bibleeducationinstitutes, all lowercase, at gmail.com. And we have a, a very simple website. It's fairly new, and it's just basics. It's mostly numbers and stuff, so I can give this to you. It is 5db. E all lowercase one one eight two lowercase e five eight three one dot lowercase site s i t e one two three dot me, or it should be at there should be a link below on the description of, of, of these uh, 
see the video and audio podcast. Um, also, a good one too that you can depend on is Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durbin. And you can go on his website and on there, look in the, uh, the menu, menu bar area. And um, there'll be a section there uh, called uh, Dr. Greg, ba Greg Bonson or Bonson U. And you can get literally a free seminary education because he was a seminary professor who died a while back. And his family donated all of his audio uh teaching recording and gave it to to Apologia Studios. They remastered it and everything, and now you can literally get a free seminary education. It really helps a lot. I listen to it from time to time myself. Okay, dope. Also, if you'd like to follow us, you can find us on um, YouTube and Rumble. Also, on the uh, Audio podcast, heliumradio.com, Helium Radio Network, Listen Notes, Luminary Podcast, Player FM, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, and others. Also, you can find us on Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, and Gab. I'm going to give you some more of these teachers that are really good to listen to, find on YouTube and other places. Doug Wilson, Gary DeMar, and again, uh, Pastor Jeff Durbin, Apologia Studios, Pastor Joe Webin with Right Response Ministries, Dr. James White, he's on YouTube and he's with Apologia Studios, Dr. R.C. Sproul with Ligonair Ministries, and that should help a lot. And also, um, if you want to get some Bibles or books and stuff, you can get good used ones like I do. They have new ones too, but they have used ones that are really good and a whole lot, a whole lot cheaper. Here's just some of them I use: Abe Books, A B E, Thrift Books, Amazon, Alibris, A L I B R I S, and there's many more. Usually, you just put in what you're looking for in the search engine, and it'll pop up uh, different sellers of those books. And another good resource. You can go to TCT Network online and uh, just go on there. And, and once you've got the TCT Network, go on the on-demand programs, videos there. And there's one that's really good. It's called Faith and History with William Federer. He gives you all of Christian history. American history is very fascinating. does a fantastic job. There used to be one uh, describing the Old Testament, but he's no longer there. But you can still watch him. It's uh you can go to his website, rabbidaniellappin.com, and his wife helps him from time to time, Susan Lappin. And also on the website, she's got a blog there. It's called Susan's Musings. Really good. You can also find him on YouTube. And, uh, it's just, and they just kind of go over some, uh, some Old Testament stuff. So remember, until next time, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says.